And that's what's hot on the streets from Hot 97. Hot 97 WQHT, New York. One of the most infamous groupies in hip-hop history is back in the wild. I'm talking about Cat Stacks, of course. Second only to Korean superhead Steppins in terms of scandal and rapper takedowns. But the Venezuelan immigrant has been off her game while fighting deportation for gun charges and prostitution until she got released from jail this week. You can see more on the Misinfo blog on Hot97.com. In better news, Kendrick Lamar will make his first Saturday Night Live appearance on January 26th with host Adam Levine. It's your Hot 97 News Update with Misinfo on Hot 97. WQHT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers. The hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers. Happy New Year and welcome to our first Street Soldiers show of 2013. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers. We are talking about guns in the schools. Are armed guards and police patrolling hallways the only way or the best way to stop another Sandy Hook tragedy? We're going to open up the phone lines right now. Let us know what you think at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. 9797. You can also hit us up with a text at 75759. That's 75759. And also text your friends and family out of state. We are streaming this show live on hot97.com so they can listen and they can even call in from wherever they are on this topic of guns, armed guards in the schools. 1 800 223 9797. Joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers, Eldridge Hawkins Jr. He's a former mayor of Orange, New Jersey, former police officer, now the owner of a security company, Black Belt Security and Investigations. Also with us, Chris Gadsden, vice principal of Abraham Lincoln High School in Jersey City. On the phones, we have Gregory Floyd. He's the president of the School Safety Officers Union and State Senator Malcolm Smith um, from Queens. He's conducted many gun buybacks and has been working to get guns off the street. And Eldridge Hawkins, I want to start with you on this. You say that we need to have an armed presence in the schools. Why? Absolutely. If you look at any of these shootings, um, uh, there was a lot of life loss. And especially when you look at Connecticut, uh, as brave as as uh, the teachers were and the principals that sacrificed themselves for the kids, if there was an armed presence in that school, they might be alive today. And that's the bottom line. When we have uh, bad guys in schools uh, that are killing people, you know, we want to be able to reach out to the good guys, the police, to get them there as quickly as possible uh, to save life. Uh, so if they can actually be there on campus or in the school or in the hallways, it reduces their response time, and, and it can keep people from, from unnecessarily putting themselves in harm's way. State Senator Malcolm Smith, what are your thoughts on that? Well, and, 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 I, and I respect uh, Mr. Hawkins' opinion, um, but I, I, I just can't subscribe to more guns uh, being the answer. I think the, what's critical, and, and unfortunately what happened in, in Newtown, and even here in New York City, in the first uh, few days, We've had a lot of shootings, but you got to get the guns out of the individual hands. If you think about any of those schools where individuals came to do some shooting, it wasn't someone that actually was in the school all day long. They came to the school, and they came there with a gun, which meant that whether there was an armed guard inside or not, that wouldn't have stopped that act from happening. What stops that act from happening is either controlling the gun, getting into that person's hands, and or even if they had negatometers you know, at the, at the schools. When you put guns in the school, walking around elementary school, high school, it's just a bad signal to our kids where society has gone. And I'd safety is first and foremost. 
but you know, you got to get the guns out of that person's hand if you really want to talk about not getting it into that school. So you're saying it has to start before that. Chris Gadsden, uh, vice principal in Jersey City, Abraham Lincoln High School. What do you think about the guns in the schools, the police patrolling the hallways, and, and what the senator said? Well, I agree partially with what the senator said. You can't have all these guns inside of the school. But if you have partnerships like we have in Jersey City, whereas inside of our high schools, we partner with the local uh, police departments to have our community office inside of the building. So when you have community policing and then you have partnerships with the schools, they are effective and they are a deterrent. Now, you know, I would um, hope that we can try to get all these guns and everything else from stop coming into the um, you know, community and ultimately into our buildings, but to have a deterrent inside of the building that can actually uh, f- folks can look at when they come through the front door and say, "No, nah, you know, this is not going to happen today," or you know, we're not going to have tragedy on our hand because we have that presence inside of our building. That's huge. You know, it, it serves as a deterrent and it's very necessary, especially when you have partnerships and people don't have to look at policing as um, like the enemy, but they can look at it as a, a you know a, a true resource. And as as people that are there to help them in the event of an emergency, one eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven hot ninety seven street soldiers. We're talking about armed guards in the schools as a way to prevent another Sandy Hook tragedy. And Gregory Floyd, your officers, or school safety officers, are in all of the New York City public schools. What do you think about this push that some districts are doing to actually have more of an armed presence? Uh, first, I want to say um, our members safety agents don't get enough credit for the work that they do because they prevent tragedies like this every day because they have the metal detectors and they are trained to see um, and notice things that are, are out of the ordinary like bulges and coats and a child acting weird and they just really prevent incidents from happening. The second thing I want to say is that if we do not ban assault weapons because that's really where, where the problem is. I'm not talking about handguns. I'm talking about assault weapons. If we don't ban these weapons that are made to shoot multiple times at a time, we, we are a society that's in trouble because Columbine had an armed person at that campus and they couldn't prevent that tragedy. So just to put the person there with a handgun and someone's coming in with these assault weapons, that person's going to be out They, they don't even stand a have, chance. And then they have the body have armor that's... That's, you know, that's a then, great point. And then you're just going to have the tragedy, and then you're going to say, well, what, put two or three or four or five. But if someone comes in with an assault weapon, they could kill every guard, every school safety agent, and then continue the carnage. The assault weapons are the problem, All not right. the handgun. Good, and, good point. Let's go, to, um, let's go to Mike right now. Mike, hi. Uh, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Good morning. This good is morning. Mike Tucker from the Later Guns Down Foundation out of Brooklyn, New York. And I feel that more guns being added to the school is just a problem because one of the things that we have is that you don't know the mental capacity of the teachers, of the students. It's not about how many guns you have in the school protecting. It's about who's getting to the guns first. That's the problem. We had this problem. You know, every day there are kids being killed in the five girls. There's no outrage. When Zarana Horton was killed October 21st, 2011. Protecting those children. I was out there picking Avenue in Brooklyn. Right. No, everybody was outraged. They were going to do this. They were going to do that. Still to this day, nothing has been done. When are people going to stand up? It's not about the elected officials. 
if you are living in Brooklyn, Manhattan, and one of the five boroughs or outside of one of the boroughs, you need to stand up in your community and speak out against what's going on with the gun violence. Talk to the kids. Talk to the parents. Outrage has to come from the community. Don't depend on elected officials. But I do want to say thank you to Senator Malcolm Smith for the SNUG program because the SNUG program allowed a lot of community-based organizations to get money to fund programs to be out here in these communities. Put down the guns. Gloria Cruz from Harlem Moms Save. There's a lot of different organizations that's not getting the credit for the work that they're doing. No, and, and Mike, there de- definitely are, and we talked to a lot of them here on, on Street Soldiers. I want to thank you for the call. Let's go to uh, Daniel. Daniel, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi. Um, yes, I agree with many of the other callers. I just feel, like I said, there should always, with, with the times now, times have changed. Um, things definitely need to change in a drastic way. I do feel that there should be some sort of guard armed on premises of each school, whether it be an elementary school, a middle school, even a high school. But like- Okay, and Elders, what about the issue of the assault weapons that that State Senator Smith and that our other guests are talking about, that those are the real problems? Because even if you have an armed guard, they're going to have an automatic handgun of a 9mm. Can that really protect kids and staff from somebody coming in with body armor, you know, like like we saw in Sandy Hook, like we saw in Columbine, like we saw in the movie theater? I I think the senator raises some good points. I I, I don't necessarily believe... Oh, it was Gregory Floyd that uh, raised the point about the armor. I I, I don't believe it's the the solution to eradicate all assault weapons uh, from lawful or law-abiding citizens. We have to remember that there's a difference between semi-automatic rifles uh, and fully automatic, meaning, you know, you you have to pull the trigger each time you fire a round versus pulling it one time and a series of rounds come out. Um, I think there's a difference there was an assault ban in place and, and maybe perhaps uh, limiting the, the amount of high-capacity magazines or clips that these weapons are, 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 or individuals are allowed to possess in that regard. But let's be, let's be clear. Whether they have an assault weapon or a handgun, it still fires bullets. It still kills people. And when you're sitting in there in a school and somebody comes in there with a firearm and is, and is attacking our kids and our teachers, you're going to call the police. And you're going to hope that they get there as quick as possible. So it just seems illogical to me that you would uh, intentionally leave yourself vulnerable to attack. We guard our banks. We guard our sporting events. uh, We guard everything of value with weapons. And our children, who are supposed to be our prized possession, the most critical and important thing to us in the world, we're going to just leave them unprotected. And then politicians, some of them want to pass laws to to make it illegal to possess weapons there, and and people get emotional and they want to ban the weapons there, when they're really just telling a bad guy, hey, if you want to go on a shooting spree and have as little resistance as possible, go to our schools because nobody there has guns you'll be able to kill up as many people as you want and you have about five or ten minutes before the cops get there and everybody will be dead you know so uh, i think that people have to wake up and realize as one of the other callers said that times are changing and we have to be prepared to respond uh, and now that's not the only solution uh, just arming really? people and i'm not an advocate of giving everybody in the world guns to do that they have to be specially trained you know when i was in law enforcement we had active shooter training where we were trained specifically on how to enter a school to attack that shooter to stop that that threat. Uh, that's special training. So I'm not saying that we should wake up tomorrow
tomorrow and just give every teacher in a school a gun. You know, I'm not an advocate of that. But school resource officers, especially trained security personnel, I believe it's the only responsible thing we can do is to, is to put those people there, provided we have the resources. So you're saying either either a police officer or a trained armed guard? Yes, specially trained, because I, I don't believe the standard training that um, uh, a security professional gets is adequate. Because like you said, somebody comes in there with a assault rifle, how, how do they navigate uh, that complicated field of kids running around? That's a special training that law enforcement gets. So I believe that that training should be afforded to security personnel that is going to be, uh, uh, I guess, given that responsibility of protecting our kids. Malcolm? Yes. Let me respond to two things. One, I think we're, we're missing two things. One, Greg Floyd is right. His safety officers in the schools in New York City, they have megatometers that prevent the weapons from getting in the school. An armed guard means nothing if someone walks into the school, passes the armed guard, goes upstairs, and starts shooting, and then the armed guard follows them later. You, you, you stop it at the door. But, but, that's put, re- that, but that's, how do you that's stop ridiculous. it? But, but okay. Senator, how okay. do you stop it at the door? You look at, the, look at the New York City schools, and yes, the school safety officers, there are many that do a great job, but you have two people at a desk, or, and maybe somebody with a, you know, with a, a wand or whatever, somebody comes in there with a, assault, you know, with an, a fully automatic assault rifle, what chance do they stand? But you know, well, let, me, let me just say this. First of all, if you have the megatomers or whatever, just like when you go to the airport, people walk through those instruments. If they walk through that, that's going to be detected. So that's going to be the, the deterrent, first of all. And let me just say one other thing on the assault weapons ban, which is going to happen, you should know. Uh, we just had a meeting with the governor, my colleagues and I, uh, just a couple of days ago. We're actually going to be introducing a piece of legislation that's going to make the uh, New York State have some of the toughest uh, uh, anti-gun laws in the nation. And in particular, uh, as what was said earlier, the key thing is that magazine. We're talking about dropping that magazine level from 30, and I think Washington is going to have 10. We're going to drop it to 7 because that's really what happens. There's no reason for somebody to have a Bushmaster assault weapon where they're playing their hunting with 30 rounds. You're not going to shoot 30 rounds at any particular person that you or any animal that you're hunting. Four or five rounds, six rounds, you're fine. So two things. One, we are going to put uh, an assault weapon ban in place along with uh, mental health uh, 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 evaluations. But in particular, at that door in the school, you know, you can't, it's just like two wrongs don't make a right. I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and have kids walking into a building and armed guards walking through the whole school, these little kids. It opens up a whole another can of worms. Who knows what happens with some of these young men or these, that, that might threaten or, or well, put their chest up to the, the, the armed guard, he gets an attitude. But it, I mean, it just opens up so many other violations that can occur. I mean, you know, when you have a gun, first of all, in the back of your mind, you're assuming you're going to use it at some point. And I don't want guns in my schools with individuals, no matter how well-trained they are, saying to themselves, well, if somebody comes in front of me and chests me up and gets in front of my face, I got the opportunity of using this gun, and I can just say, like in, in, in Florida, you know, with Trayvon, well, I was threatened. And so I pulled my gun out. Not going to happen. Not going to happen in our school. Chris Gadsden, vice principal, what do you say about that? Does no. it change the atmosphere in your high school? No, Has it changed I, the no, atmosphere in your high really school? Change, no, it doesn't change the atmosphere at all. Because, to have the police because there. Because like the mayor said, whatever, like we actually have trained officers. We have police officers there. And, 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 and nobody's going to walk around the school building like a Gestapo and walk around the hallways parading around with their guns. Do and, they walk around the hallway or how's it set up there? It, it's set up, you know, they have their own office. 
um, inside of our building, and they stand like in front of uh, the, you know the security desk, and they just serve as a presence. So, but it's not like that where they walk around with their guns all out and just making sure that you don't do anything wrong. Um, points that people are making about assault weapons and things of that nature. I'm not too concerned with assault weapons inside of the, um, the inner city, inside of Jersey City. I'm also concerned with the fact that the folks have access uh, to uh, weapons without any type of, you know, of accountability. And uh, one of the fears, whatever, that I have is the fact that we have a, such such a huge amount of guns on the street that no one's policing and watching that. And when mayors around New Jersey have called for um, uh, more strict whatever gun laws and legislation to track weapons and things of that nature, and these things are followed upon deaf ears, that's a huge concern right there because p- people are um, uh, agreeing whatever with the NRA and agreeing whatever with different you know, lobbyists and things of that nature, and that makes it uh, harder whatever to police whatever guns so my fear whatever is the fact that guns are so accessible to uh the community whereas folks now whatever can buy uh, a weapon just as quick as they can buy a lucy cigarette and that's the uh, situation that we're dealing with inside of our urban areas when you look at all the tragedies that have, have occurred all around the country these tragedies have occurred because people have had access whatever to Buying multiple weapons, whether it be online, whether it be whatever at Walmart, shows, whether guns, it be gun, gun shows, shows, whether it be in Pennsylvania, it's, it's stockpiling weapons. That woman up there in Connecticut, she had a household full of weapons. The, over there in Colorado, they actually planned for months, whatever, to get weapons. So it's the accessibility, whatever, the weapons that's really is alarming and concerning, and nobody's addressing and dealing with that issue. Now, Whatever keeps our school safe, all for it. Community officers, armed security, I'm not too keen on that because these are uh, civil service type workers, whatever. You can't, you know, arm civil service type workers. And having teachers, well, God forbid, no, I don't want that at all. You don't all. go with the NRAs, uh, arm the teachers. No, that's ridiculous. Down in San Antonio, they have teachers going through training. Teachers can be very temperamental at times. So if they have a bad day, whatever, you know, with a student who's confronting them, they could pull out a weapon or whatever. And then you have another tragedy on your hand. I, I, I agree with them. They have to be trained professionals for that purpose. But again, we have to give our teachers and our kids a chance. You know, somebody may come in there with an assault rifle, a handgun, but we got to give them a chance. Somebody said, well, uh, it doesn't make a difference if they're at the magnetometer and the guy's upstairs. Well, if that's the case, why call the police at all? You know, if you're unless you're going to sit there and say, don't dial 911 to get an officer there with a gun to protect us, then I don't understand the argument of not having that officer there in the first place. Gregory Floyd, what about what's the situation in the city schools? We have the school safety officers, but aren't there police officers in some of the schools? Police officers are in some of the schools. But I have to tell you that the NRA is winning this argument because here we are talking about arming more people. And the problem is the assault weapon. And the NRA did a great job of changing the conversation. And I'm listening to everybody. And that's where the problem is. And we all fly off the handle we say arm everybody why don't we just arm every citizen in, in new york city but sir why sir I, I i gotta say to you whether it's an assault rifle or a handgun if you walk into a room with a crowd of people whether you got a glock or an ar-15 people are still going to die it's semantics well, what this? the tool if you is. have a handgun somebody could tackle that person with a handgun you stand a chance to tackle that person oh if so so, so it's better weapon, to tackle them no like hand. we're on a football field and have an armed professional uh fire a shot and neutralize the threat that's what we had in connecticut where people uh, c- we had teachers armed were, personnel in columbine and that person yeah, did not fire a shot yeah, yeah we had, we had teachers and principals that could do nothing but throw themselves in front of bullets and Arms be brave way. and sacrifice themselves potentially Again, unnecessarily it's not to say we had armed personnel in columbine where where the assaults 
started, and that person did not fire a shot because they were afraid they were going to hit one of the students. Well, you know, nobody's ever said that that is the panacea and will save everything. It's about giving people a fighting chance and increasing the likelihood that more people will survive and less people will die. And because the solution of when somebody's getting shot at, you call the police and get the armed personnel there, it is only advantageous for those people in danger to have that armed individual there in the first place. All right, let's get to the phones. 1-800-223-9797. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. We're talking about armed guards and police patrolling the hallways. Is this a way to keep the school safe in the aftermath of the Sandy Hook tragedy? Just this week uh, in Mamaroneck, a middle school, an armed man tried to get into the school and they had just recently started locking the doors to the school. So what do you think the answer is? What do you think the real issue is here? We'd like to hear from you at 1-800-223-9797. Hit us up with a text at 75759. That's 75759. Let's go to Malcolm from Brooklyn. Malcolm, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Uh, yeah, uh, I was just, uh, I've been listening to everybody talking about how uh, uh, getting, uh, like, background checks on the people that are getting these rifles. But what we don't understand is that the lady that had those rifles, uh, she didn't really have any criminal background. So she had uh, the right to uh, to have those weapons. But the problem was her son was the crazy one that was able to get those weapons and use those weapons in the schools. So we might put security guards in the school, but that doesn't mean somebody cannot take an assault rifle and go somewhere else and shoot a lot of people. There are a lot of places where somebody could go. It could be at McDonald's. It could be just at a restaurant. So just just arming the schools, we could protect the schools, but then we can't protect everywhere else. So basically, I think just finding a way to stop banning guns, banning their assault rifles, I think that would be the solution. All right, Malcolm, thank you very much for the call. Let's go to Luke from Patterson. Luke, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, how you doing? All right, how are you? A lot of good points were brought up. Uh, Just like to say that um, as far as the handgun issue as opposed to the assault weapon, it's it's ridiculous to say that you know with a handgun you got a chance to tackle someone or something like that. But the, a lot of the police departments are equipped with their own assault rifles, and you're not going to have that officer walking around the school. That officer is going to be set at a post, like was said earlier, in a certain room with cameras per se. But beyond that as well, uh, you're not going to stop the guns because it's big business, um, you know, and it's 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 not going to be handled that way. What needs to be done is the schools need to be locked down, um, buzzers, bars, things of that nature, so that the windows can't be shot out. I, I, I don't uh, know. I mean, does everything have to does everything have to be locked down? State Senator Malcolm Smith, is this the way we're going to have to live? Yeah, you know, and, and that's but that that may be the new norm, if you would say it. And I and I'm not opposed to the school buildings being locked down, or even again, you know, I I, I really believe. You know, we've got to look at this in a larger picture. You've also got to remember you've got these kids in school. And, you know, what are we saying to our kids that we now have to have armed guards in the schools? You lock the schools down, you do megatometers, you put the, the uh, security officer there. I mean, in New York City, and, and Greg can tell you, I don't, I don't, I don't recall of late that we had any shooting inside the school building. No one has been able to get in the school building with an armed weapon and, and shoot anybody because of the, the security that is there. And it's not an armed, it's not an armed guard. You know, so, so there's two things we have to deal with here. One, and some of your callers said it, we've got to deal with 
banning of the assault weapons. You got to deal with the high caliber uh, magazines. You got to deal with the mental illness of individuals, the registration of guns, and what's really key is the illegal guns. The gentleman earlier talked about SNUG, a program that we put together, guns spelled backwards, and it deals with you know intervention and also getting guns out of the street. You've got to do that. I'm not opposed to having the schools locked down. I'm very much opposed to having guns walk the halls in my schools in New York City. All right, let's go to Clarence from Montclair, New Jersey. Clarence, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Yes, this is uh, Eric speaking from Montclair. I'm listening okay. very closely to the situation at hand. And just very clearly, very clearly, there's a lot of very important points that are brought up by many different people. Number one, these points although they are very, very, very positive, they're going to take a very long time for some type of action to be initiated. you got to think about what's going to work right away. Locking down the school might seem extreme, but what seems more extreme? Locking down the school or the possibility of you coming home from work and finding out your five- or six-year-old child has been harmed or injured in a silly situation that could have been highly prevented. I mean, you walk into a bank, you got people behind a thick glass bulletproof window if that's what it takes that's what it takes miss everest i heard you say should we have our our security guards and officers sit at a desk no absolutely not because that just leaves them vulnerable create a situation where we spend some money positively get these schools locked down in a way where the kids may not feel intimidated they may not feel threatened but then again on the other hand if they do feel intimidated they do feel threatened that's better that, to know that they feel like that but they're coming home all right, All right good, good point. And are you a police officer? No, ma'am. I'm just a young individual out here. Just Listen to Hot 97. Focus. Keep it locked right here on Hot 97. Thank you very much, Eric, for the call. We appreciate it. What about what about the assault? Let me come back because you defend the right for people to, to own firearms, Eldridge. Yes. But the, the assault weapons, should somebody look at the Connecticut case, the mother buys them. You could buy those in, in some states like somebody, you know, you go into sporting goods like you buy a pair of sneakers. Right. And, and I think that uh, I, I think the president said it. I think some of the callers said it. I think that we have to do some due diligence and apply some common sense. You know, we have to tighten up uh, these restrictions with respect to mentally ill people, uh, maybe take a look at when there's mentally ill people in the home. Um, so there's a lot of laws actually on the books that, that really need to be enforced uh, a little bit better, maybe some uniform throughout the states in the country. Um, but the reality is, is that this problem cannot be legislated away. Certainly it's not going to happen overnight. Legislation takes time to pass. Uh, but you're not going to pass laws that are going to eradicate this problem. Because quite frankly, the bad guy out there that wants to kill a whole bunch of people, he doesn't care what law you pass. You can make it illegal to possess it in your home. He'll find a way to buy it out of somebody's trunk. That's just the way that things work. Um, so I think that we have to be responsible uh, uh, and, and put ourselves in a position where we're best prepared for these types of problems. Because I've actually, I've, to be honest, I've experienced this one myself. Uh, I went back to my own uh, college campus uh, one or two years after graduating for an event, and there was two people shot right there in front of me. You know, Now, luckily, he was just a guest of uh, a, a student and just had a fit and shot a couple people and left. You know, But if he had actually went there on a mission to do that, the campus security was unarmed. We would all be, I might not even be sitting here talking to you. They would have just shot up everybody, and it would have been five or ten minutes before the police showed up, and that would have been it, because campus security did not even have a fighting chance to do anything because they're unarmed. You can't, you can't fight a gunman if you don't have a gun. <laughs> all right. Um, and Gregory Floyd, in terms of the school safety officers, have there, has there been any kind of push amongst your members to have, have them armed? No, there hasn't been a push amongst my members to have them armed. So I have to say, they do a tremendous job each and every day. 
they don't get credit for the job they do. They don't even have bulletproof vests. They should have vests. They have metal detectives with no vests, and the New York City Police Department has not given them a bulletproof vests. We must get to the conversation where we have to ban weapons from, from people who should not have them, because I do not want to see my members get into a gunfight unnecessarily. And, and, and All right, and State Senator Malcolm Smith, final word because I know I know you got another engagement you got to get going to. But um, any final word you want to leave us with? The, the, the final word is the public should know that we are going to make sure that they are safe, and we will be banning assault weapons. We're going to put a very tough law in place in New York State, probably going to be the toughest in the nation, where you know community guns and assault weapons, background checks, registration, all that's going to be a part of it. But all your listeners should just know. You know, Hot 97 is the spot, and I can't help but listen to it every day. (laughs) (laughs) And especially Sundays at 9 a.m. State Senator Malcolm Smith, thank you very much for being with us. Gregory Floyd, president of the School Safety Officers Union, thank you guys for being with us. And keep it locked right here because we're going to get to more of your phone calls at 1-800-223-9797 on armed guards, police in the schools. What do you think about that? And also hit us up with a text, 75759. You'd rather tweet us at Lisa Evers or at street underscore soldiers and let us know what you're thinking on this and uh, we'll try to get some of your texts on the air and also you need some money yeah everybody needs some money right now especially this time of year get on the hot 97 payroll win your one thousand dollar weekdays at 8 a.m 11 a.m 3 p.m and 6 p.m holiday bill payout pay your rent take a vacation log on to hot 97.com and tell us when you listen and uh, we're gonna, they're going to start cutting those checks on Monday, so make sure you check it out. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. We'll be back right after this. Just won $1,000 on Hot 97's payroll. This $1,000 is really going to help me because I'm not working right now. I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to pay all my bills. Hot 97's payroll weekend. You just won $1,000. Thank you, Hot 97. Get your $1,000 weekdays at 8, 11, 3, and 6. Use it to get away. Pay your rent. Or use it as a holiday bill bailout. Checks get cut beginning Monday at 8 a.m. with the Cypher Sounds of Rosenberg Show. Hit Hot97.com and tell us when you listen. The holidays are over, the new year has begun, and there's a familiar voice returning to NBC. Do what I tell you. Attack now. Oh, Jillian, she's back. Tonight, Jillian's back in the biggest loser's biggest season yet. Let's go! It's time for a second chance on life. Your son needs you. Now get up! The Biggest Loser, two-night premiere, starts tonight and tomorrow after night two. The premiere of Deception. What would you do for your best friend? Would you keep her secrets? Would you track down her killer? Vivian Bowers was found dead in a motel room early this morning. Joanna's childhood friend was a notorious celebrity. The family's worth $10 billion. Until somebody wanted her out of the way. Now to find the truth, Joanna will live a lie. They trust you. You're like family. They're gonna know I'm a cop. The trouble is, everyone's a suspect. Soon they'll all know why I'm really here. The Biggest Loser two-night premiere event begins tonight. And don't miss the premiere of Deception tomorrow on NBC. Tonight, starting at 9 p.m. only on NBC4 New York. Wendy's presents The Hockey Mom. My little Jimmy scored his first goal. How about a celebratory dinner? I could cook something, I guess. Or Wendy's Kids Meals are just $1.99. That sounds great. Oh, excuse me. Check up, Jimmy! Did you say $1.99? It's a win-win. Now Wendy's Kids Meals are $1.99 after 4 p.m. Options they'll love. Smart move for you. Making parents and kids happy. That's Wendy's way. Now that's better. At participating Wendy's for a limited time. 
At Advance Auto Parts, we don't do anything just part way. We go full throttle. We don't just sell batteries. Oh, no. We install them fast and free with purchase on most vehicles. And we mean fast. If strapping on an experimental jetpack would help us install your battery any faster, we'd do it. Unfortunately, jetpacks can be squirrely. Too bad, because we really wanted those things. Fast, free battery installation at Advance. Service is our best part. Advance Auto Parts. Love that chicken from Popeyes. In Louisiana kitchens, nothing is an afterthought. If you're going to cook something, you got to give it your best, honey. You take wings, for example. Most people use pre-breaded frozen wings, not Popeyes. I treat my spicy Cajun wings the same way I treat all my bona fide chicken. I marinate them in Louisiana spices for 12 long hours, hand batter them, and fry them up fresh. And right now, you get six of my wings and one of my great dipping sauces for just $3.99, or nine pieces mixed for $10.99. You might just want to jump in your car right now and get down to Popeye's, honey, because by the time you get here, you are going to be drooling. Six wings and dipping sauce for $3.99 or nine pieces mixed for $10.99. So what's it going to be? Pre-breaded frozen wings that somebody cooks as an afterthought or my Popeye's spicy Cajun wings that get the same loving attention all my chicken gets? I think I know the answer to that one. Offer plus applicable tax at participating restaurants for a limited time. At Major World, if your vehicle didn't survive the recent storms, we're ready to help you replace it. Major World of Long Island City has over 3,000 dry cars at crazy low prices. We'll even pick up your old car and provide insurance adjusters to help you with your claims. Stuck and can't get to Major World? We'll come and get you and give you a $1,000 Major World voucher towards your purchase. And if you've got bad credit, don't sweat it. Remember, despite the storms, we're totally open. Major World, 4340 Northern Boulevard, Long Island City, Queens. Call 1-800-MAJOR-AUTO or go to MajorWorld.com. Yeah, yeah, what up, what up, what up? This is Styles Peter Ghost, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 97. Yeah, Ghost told you so. That's right. Thank you, Ghost. Um, 1 800 223 9797. We're talking about guns in the schools in the aftermath of the Sandy Hook tragedy. Is, is this the way to protect our kids? I'd like to know what you think. 1 800 223 9797. Hit us up with a text at 75759. That's 75759. And I want to give you a heads up about our show next week. We're going to be talking about bad girls, our reality shows making women behave worse, our reality shows having a negative impact on girls' behavior. And this may sound like it's a joke. It isn't. There are more and more girls entering the criminal justice system and committing crimes on their own, not even as like the auxiliary of the gang members on their own. So we want to know what you think about that. If you would like to be on that show, if you are a girl who feels she's been influenced by these shows, if you are a young lady that has gone through the system, let us hear from you at 212-367-1678 or hit me up with an email, lisa at hot97.com. That's lisa at hot97.com. And we'd like to hear your story. Now, joining us in this uh, segment of Street Soldiers, Eldridge Hawkins Jr. He's former mayor of Orange, New Jersey, former police officer and owner of Black Belt Security and Investigations. Chris Gadsden, he's a vice principal, uh, vice principal of Abraham Lincoln High School in Jersey City. And joining us on the phone is Gregory A. Thomas. He's a leading expert on school safety and CEO of Allen Thomas Security. And uh, let me start off with a a few telephone calls right now. Let's go to Jermaine from Pennsylvania. Jermaine, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, I definitely feel that we need armed guards in our schools. I want my children protected the same way that we protect these courthouses in the same way we protect the airport. I want to drop my 
young children off at school knowing that they're safe. I mean, it's just a different day and time. All right. Thank you very much for the call. We appreciate it. Um, let, let's go to Glenn right now. Glenn, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, how you doing, Lisa? All right. How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, I want to say hello to your guests, first off, in, in there. Uh, I, did, I met Eldridge one time. I'm, I'm a police officer in Jersey, and uh, I, I met the, uh, is that the former mayor of uh, Orange, West New Orange? Jersey. Yes. Uh, yes, sir. I'm here. Yeah, we, we met once before, a while back. Um, um, first of all, I'll say hello and good morning to you guys. Listen, I'm a police officer in Jersey, and I'm definitely familiar with uh, what, what we have going on. Um, when we get assigned to the schools, like I, I was uh, speaking to your, your secretary before, we all feel a lot more, 20 police trusts, I, we all feel uh, more comfortable. Parents, the teachers, students alike, you know, all feel more comfortable seeing us standing in front of the schools, greeting the students when they come through, uh, you know, whether it's young kids or uh, the high schoolers. Everybody feels a lot more comfortable seeing the police officers there. I mean, I, me, myself, you know, I, I didn't really think that it would make such an effect or cause such, of, um, such a difference in the schools having us there. But looking at the totality of everything, I mean, like like your last caller said, the campus get protected, the courts get protected. You know, why, why can't our children, you know, be protected the same way? All right, good point. Thank you very much for the call, Glenn. Chris, uh, there's a point. Some people say, okay, if you have the police and they're armed and they're in the schools, it creates kind of this atmosphere of tension. But the opposite of that is some people say it creates a climate of safety where everybody feels like, okay, if something does jump off or go down, there's the officers here to handle it. Uh, totally, because... Our police officers are situated as they as the students and everyone come into the building. So, all of our um, you know community officers they're, they're well received, teachers, uh, students alike, and even like when school dismiss, our community officers are outside on the corners, outside engaging the community, outside just making sure that everything is safe and secure as our um, children transition and they go home. So it's from the big. Be- the beginning of the day all the way until the end of the day. And that added uh, security along with our security guards and along with our um, support staff and administrative staff who was outside and everything. That presence right there is a deterrent. Now, there's been some instances where that I'll give you one case in general. Like uh, just last month, we had a, a, a student who just um, had a um, brought a BB gun, whatever, to the surrounding areas of the school and he put it inside of a uh, lot across the street from our school. So everybody's outside. And so we see this kid going into the uh, lot to go retrieve something. A, you know, community officer sitting inside of an unmarked car sits around and says, Hey, what are you doing? And then we just pick them up, you know? So that added security, those added eyes are so important when you start talking about having people be secure. So, um, it's not just having people walking around, whatever, with a rifle and just patrolling the hallways, not having, not being engaged with no one inside of the school. You need those trained uh, officers who know what it uh, means to be community officers inside of the schools for that added level of security. And, and, to, and to give it like that, Drew, uh, what's happening with the text messages? All right. So I have a, a tweet, a tweet here and a couple of text messages. The, uh, the tweet comes from respect the curve at official tissue. She, uh, he says that um, let's 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 not arm the kids. Let's talk about prevention, proper screening, mental and criminal background checks. This is a national issue. And on the text message, we have a text from Lavelle from Queens, New York. She gets straight to a point by saying that schools need metal detectors, and that said the problem solved. And I found this text to be very interesting. Uh, this text says that it's ludicrous that I am in school safety. I work in, in school safety, and I don't feel safe at the school that I work at. We don't have metal detectors, and and everybody 
and everybody might do some kids might be a copycat from the Sandy situation like this is crazy all right, interesting. Yeah. Thank you so much. If you want to uh, have your text read on the air, hit us up at 75759. That's 75759. Hot 97 Street Soldiers talking about armed guards and police in the schools. Gregory A. Thomas, you're a leading expert on school safety. You were in charge of the school safety for all of New York City schools for planning. What is your take on this security situation right now that has many people and especially many parents concerned? Well, good morning, Lisa, and thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. I can tell you that the the current proposal that uh, is being made to put an armed police force or an armed person at the front door, which is what the proposal says, and and them playing a role of being a sentry is what I have a problem with. Uh, What the mayor just mentioned about having the the right police officer who's trained and appreciates community policing and understands the importance of schools and what schools are built for. Schools are built for teaching and learning. So to have them uh, devolve into something that looks like a, uh, a camp or a military installation where you have a person at the front door trying to deter somebody from coming into that front door with a weapon, that is going different and going contrary to the process that's out there now with school resource officers and those that are in schools that are trained to engage with students and become part of the school community. Right. I, I think there's a lot of good points there. And I think ultimately the decision should rest with the locality uh, as to what level of security they need. Um, each individual superintendent and school principal knows the climate and the element uh, in which uh, you know they teach and the level of security that they need. So whether that means that it's just somebody at the door or a sentry going through the halls, I think that decision should be left to them to decide. Uh, but I think that that presence is, is actually critical. And, and I think as we're all starting to hear now, this may be coming into focus more because of the recent shootings, but there have been guns in schools, legal guns, because there's school resource officers and there's other schools that do it. It's just becoming uh, an issue that's more pressing and we're hoping to see it more widespread because this is trending. There might be some copycats out there that that have to address this. And I think it's important to note also that there's no one solution uh, that's a panacea. Arming guards or police school is not going to solve the problem. It's a combination uh, probably of scrutinizing mental health, uh, enforcing laws that are on the books, perhaps restricting high capacity magazines. You know, so it's all these things working together to make a difference. And, And like I think one of the text messages says, I think absolutely we need to protect the people that we're asking to protect us. So I am actually an advocate as well. If we're going to ask armed security or unarmed security to put themselves in harm with life, then we should try to get them vests and the tools that they need to protect themselves because uh, I, I think that's uh, the only fair thing that, that we can do. Gregory Thomas, there were many parents in the, that first Monday right after the Sandy Hook massacre and the, you know that week of school before everybody went on the holiday break. They're dropping their kid off at school and the thought is going through their mind of like, how safe is this school? There were a lot, you know, a lot of parents were very upset, very concerned. The kids were concerned. I mean, what level? I know, you know, obviously in our urban areas, we have a level of security that we've become accustomed to over the years. But what should parents be looking for? Let's just say at an elementary school level in terms of security for their kids. Well, I mean, again, this event, fortunately, it was a rare event. And and for the most part, school shootings themselves, whether they be because of a person on the outside doing what this uh, perpetrator did in Connecticut or somebody from the inside doing it. Both of the, those events are rare. So parents should be assured that the best place for their child to be during the day hours while they're at work or their home is to be in school. Now, from that point, you need to look at what schools are built for. Again, I mentioned this earlier. Schools are not built to prevent these types of incidents. And to, as the mayor said, I, I agree, we can't have a, a one-step solution, but to take a 
a, a far-reaching solution towards, you know, putting, again, a, a person at the front door to deter somebody from doing that, that may be a little far-fetched because many schools cannot afford that, and neither can many police departments because that's going to be a taxing issue on their resources to have a person be assigned solely at the front door. But are there other things, because there were some schools that we've, there were some schools, the Mamaronek School Middle School, where this armed man showed up this week, they had just recently started locking the back doors. So, I mean, are right. there certain levels of security? Is there video surveillance? Are there alarm systems for schools directly to police stations? I mean, are there things that that schools can be doing that maybe parents groups can be getting involved with? Sure. I mean, to that point, I mean, you can use cameras and other uh, things like that technology that's out there to make sure you get a sense of what's happening in your parking lots or who's approaching your front door. There are obviously buzzer systems that are out there and panic buttons and things like that that can be used to help uh, a teacher or an administrator alert law enforcement when something's going wrong so they can give you know them a heads up. And the, the best thing for these incidents, if they were to happen again, is to either mitigate the damage if you can't prevent it by doing lockdown drills like they did properly in Connecticut. But for sure, also, first responder response is important. The best way to, to quell these events is to have a first responder either on site, again, if that's the case that a, choose, a school chooses to do that, or to have a fast response by law enforcement in general. And that's when you need to have a way to, to contact law enforcement right away. Yeah, the, you know, and, and he, he makes a very good point, uh, actually a lot of good points, but when he first started speaking, he mentioned resources, uh, and I think that's the key, uh, and, and I have to be honest, you know, when I was mayor, we didn't have a cop in every school. There was security. We had a school resource officer, um, but I think that, that residents and the community really have to decide uh, what's important to them and start to prioritize these things. So there's only so much money to go around. I was just going to ask so, you about that. So, you know, there's going to come a time, especially as we, as we see an escalation in this type of school violence, that we're going to have to come to together and make a decision on on where our priorities lie you know are we going to cut a program which is really what it might come down to are we going to cut a programs program? versus patrols uh, yeah are right? we going to cut That's some true. staff here are we going to lose a couple teachers here uh financially speaking uh, through a layoff so that we can afford to staff a school around the clock these are the hard fiscal decisions that come into play that nobody wants to talk about what would you that be doing now if you were reality. mayor of uh, mayor of orange well, right if, now? I, if i was mayor right now in light of what's occurring uh i would have to i'd, I'd feel obligated to put an officer in every school. Uh, there was a time uh, where we were going through our layoffs and, 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 and I was more conservative with how we were spending money uh, and we were cutting back, but I started getting too many phone calls in the middle of the night saying somebody just got shot, somebody just got shot. And it got to the point where I told the police director, they said, I don't care how much it costs. Put a special unit out there and stop these shootings right now. Uh, and it's not that I'm insensitive to, to some of the callers that, that, that don't want the school to, to t- look like a military installation, but I'd much rather offend your sensibilities in that regard than yes. have to pick up the phone and call you and tell you, I'm sorry, your wife, your daughter, your son, your brother is dead. All right, let's go to the phones right now. A lot of people on hold waiting to get in the conversation. Hakeem from Jersey City, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Yeah, good morning. How you doing, Lisa? All right, how are you? I'm good. You know, the Second Amendment, definitely outdated. You should just do it with the Second Amendment altogether. I mean, it was put in place before the National Guard, put in place before the Border Patrol, put in place before America got organized, truly. It's definitely outdated. And if you don't want to get rid of it, have it to where it reflects the times. If we go into a time of war, we declare war in another country, make guns available. With all the agencies I just named, like the ATF, every police department, these gun manufacturers are going to go out of business. And we should not be locking down schools. Uh, school is an is a institution for education and peace and serenity. These kids just go there and be enriched and learning, not security and locking them down. I remember when I went to school, 
we had we had one police fo- police officer in elementary school when I was uh, attending school in the eighties, and then we had two officers in high school. There's no problem putting a police officer in every school. Definitely should keep the 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 incidents down, and teachers should not be armed. I don't want a teacher having a bad day with my kid and decide, <laughs> you know what, I hate my job, let me just pull this gun out, get rid of this kid, get rid of this kid I don't like, and then get rid of myself. Teachers should, should be the last ones armed with all the kids they have to deal with. I'm a father of four. One of my one of my children actually attends Lincoln High School in Jersey City, all right. and he comes home after a day of dealing with whatever he deals with in school, and, you know, he has peace and serenity at home. He don't worry about nothing when he goes to school. I know he's safe in school, and definitely when he comes home, he has a good life at home. Some of these kids... Definitely don't have the same environment and same enrichment when they get home. And when they come back to school, they want to take it out on these teacher. And definitely the teacher should not good, be off. Well, uh, good point. But so, so you feel, so just as, as a parent, Hakeem, you, f- you feel comfortable with your son in the school, in the, in the high school, with the, yes, with the police? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. It makes I it better. Up, let me say, I grew up in the toughest projects in Jersey City, Booker T. Projects. Right. Booker T. Washington Projects. Let me give it its full name. And believe me, from what I survived there and from what I, the street knowledge I gave to my son, I definitely feel safe with him going to school. He knows when the situation ain't right, he knows the bail. He knows where to go to it. He knows where to protect himself. He has an emergency plan. Parents should definitely start enriching their children with the street smarts that they had what they, what they had when they were younger and what they grew up with. Okay. Definitely give your, give your children the option of how to escape. Let them be aware of their surroundings every day. Be mindful of what's going on. Well, I, All right, Hakeem, thank you very much for that. And Hakeem just brought up a good point because of the fact that because, you know, we do such a um, – I feel like that we do such a great job, whatever, keeping our, um, our children secure and, and keeping them safe that, you know, they feel comfortable with that presence inside of the building. So having armed guards is really like not a factor because most uh, folks who go to high school and, and even some middle schools are – they see that presence every day. Um, I just really have a concern. One of the callers said something about the frequency of events. And I guess we got to look at this thing with twofold. Um, a lot of the events that have been occurring, whatever have been occurring, like in rural areas and where folks have been, um, you know, having access to guns and they go up, whatever, and these mass killings. Um, and, and these things are not uh uh, down, you know, these things. It seems like every year, whatever we hear about some type of tragedy occurring, but then when we look at what, what's going on in the inner city, a lot of the violence and a lot of the things that are going on outside of the school building, those things, whatever, um, have to be addressed because I just feel as though eventually something can happen from the outside to come inside of a school building, and if we got to, you know, I believe that the efforts whatever that our community officers bring us out of our schools, they say, okay, fine, you may have these issues or whatever on the outside, but when you come up in here, let's try it's to address. It's a safe let's zone try, and it's, it's about a safe learning. Zone. Yes, it's about we, edu- we try to block that out. Yeah, but, and about education. Safe zone is relative, though. We have to realize that, you know, if we're going to, you know, legislators, uh, legislators want to pass all these laws saying you can't have guns there, you're telling a bad guy there's no resistance. You want to kill up a whole bunch of people, go to a school because nobody there has a gun to stop you. And I don't think that's the environment that we want. And, and I do agree with the I think it was the last caller that said, you know, we shouldn't be just giving guns to teachers. I agree. At the start of the show, uh, you know, I made it clear that it should be police officers or security personnel that have active shooter training uh, uh, given to them by law enforcement personnel. That is special tra- specialized training uh, specifically geared to uh, teach the individual how to engage somebody that's running around the school shooting people. Uh, 
so I, I think that's a special uh, piece of training and, and we got to be careful not to go on a tangent because we're emotional that somebody just got shot and say let's do away with the second amendment let's get rid of the right to bear arms because I guarantee you there's thousands of people in this country that were blessed and very happy that they had a gun in their home when somebody kicked in the door in the middle of the night trying to rape rob or murder them that they had the ability to defend themselves all right let's go to Abdul from uh, Bridgeport he's a substitute teacher Abdul thanks for calling in what's your question or comment um, no, I was just uh, listening to what was being said about, you know, the armed guard security. I actually came on to the radio a little bit late, so I don't, you know, want to talk off topic, but I was a substitute teacher for eight years in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And anybody who knows Bridgeport, Connecticut versus the neighboring areas, Trumbull, Fairfield, Stratford, I can go on and on, Westport, these more affluent areas, the norm has always been to up the ante in terms of security in the urban areas. Now, for whatever reasons, I guess the same uh, decisions aren't felt in the suburban rural areas. But like I said, you know, these types of tragedies really don't happen from what I've seen in urban or the, uh, the city areas. No, days. no, that's a good, that's a, that's that's a good, good point. point. Let's ask uh, Gregory A. Thomas about that. Gregory, what about the, the fact that these are happening in, you know, suburban and, and semi-rural areas? Well, I'm not sure that we want to generalize it or put it particularly to what neighborhood does this. I'll give you some practical research, though. In 2004, the U.S. Department of Education and the Secret Service released a report where they did a study looking at those students who were incarcerated for uh, perpetrating targeted school shootings, basically your columbines that have happened over the years. They wanted to find out whether was there a profile, whether there any warning signs out there about who might do this. So to your point, there was no finding that uh, it was all male, all Caucasian, all female, or any race issues, or for that matter, it didn't matter where they lived. What they did find is that many of these children that did that were bullied. But one other key point is that when they were asked, with law enforcement presence at the school that you were going to do this uh, event at, or that you did do the event at, would law enforcement presence have stopped you from doing that? And to a person, they all answered no. So for those who think that having a person with, you know, an armed person at the front door would stop somebody from doing this. When somebody's predisposed to do it, they're more inclined to do it no matter who's there. And I'm not saying that's a guarantee, but we do know from some students who did these events, they basically told, told the researchers through oral research that they would not have been stopped or would have stopped them from doing what they were doing. Yeah, but the ones that did the most destruction are dead. They can't be interviewed for any kind of study. Well, I mean, at least I mean, that, with that, all due respect, I mean, with all due respect, Lisa, the ones that are the, the no, most but Lisa, extreme. But I, I have to disagree, but that, that may be the case. But you do have some, and this is, I mean, I, I can share the research with you. It is out there. Oh, no, I'm sure you, you deal with this every day. I'm just asking out of curiosity. But, yeah, but the, ones, but the ones who are alive are the ones who count. And they, they, they were not promised anything at all to, to tell this story. They told a story from, um, from a jail cell. That's correct. But they did tell a story about what made them do this, but also what would have prevented them from doing it. And I'm not saying it's a, it's a one-off situation where you want to put them all in the same bucket. But I am saying that when you look at this kind of research, this should guide us to believe that in some cases when somebody's predisposed to doing that, they're going to do it anyway. It, you know, they, they they may very well go ahead and do it anyway, but there's a saying, it's a, it goes, chance favors prepared mind. So they may do it anyway, but if I'm in that school, I'd rather take my chances uh, with somebody coming through that door with an armed security guard or a police officer on, on site rather than having to duck behind tables and get shot waiting five or ten minutes or however long it takes for that 911 call to go oh. out to a cell tower, get rerouted to the dispatch center, and then the dispatch center to send an officer there. I'm basing my, my comments on research, and I'm not saying it's, it's the end-all, be-all. I'm saying to you, I'm giving you a, 
a balanced discussion, a balanced conversation about what may be one that seems to be perfect and a one-fits-all solution by putting somebody on the front door wherein we know people have told us different. Right. Well, All right, let's uh, text messages, Drew. Yeah, I have a text message here from Anisha from Newark, New Jersey. She said that in her school, she she went to high school, they, they, they were locked down, they had cops outside the school and they had metal detectors she felt safe every single day never and never had an issue with the cops and also chef bell who says i own legal weapons and i bought when i bought them they checked my background they checked to see if i had mental issues and i have four kids and i'm teaching them the same and how to protect themselves it all starts from the household all right, a lot of things come back. It always comes back to the family and to the to the parents a lot of times, too, with the situation. Let's try to get a couple of phone calls in here real quick. Uh, Winston from Camden's been hanging on for a long time. Winston, hey, you're on Hot 97. Yes, hi. How are you doing? All right, how are you? Um, I just want I'm going to be real quick. Uh, basically, I, I went to Camden High, which was one of, one of, as people say, one of the bad schools. We had basically metal detectors. We had... We on staff police officers. We had two basically police officers on staff every day in the front to check, and we also had metal detectors. I felt safe every day I went to school. I think that there's no problem with having an actual officer on staff versus, let's say, something goes down. The time that it would take that officer to get to that to get to that place, wherever through traffic and all like that, people are going to die. I'd rather to have an armed officer on duty at all times. And also, let me just add on. There was also an officer, let's just say he was driving by the school and make like a courtesy stop to where he would just courteously just go into school and just walk, just like, you know, just walk, talk, talk to, talk to students, all like that. Make, make yourself like friendly. Don't, don't give off that, that, oh, I'm a police officer, I'm on mindset. You know, just make yourself to where like you're, you're, you're just there to do your job. You're not going to be like all mean and all like that. That's what I think that where it would be where people won't feel threatened. Like, if you're a police officer and you're armed and you're there, like, make yourself, you know, like, friendly to the actual students. Don't okay. be like, oh, I'm officer, don't do this. You know, that's, that's how I think that shit should go down. All right, Winston, thank you very much for the call. I really appreciate it, but we're, we're just about out of time. And to Cornell, Kevin, Patricia, Daniel, Warren, everybody else that's on hold, I'm sorry we can't get to your telephone calls, but um, please try again, and hopefully we'll get to you next time. You call into the show. I want to thank all of our guests for being with us for this episode of Street Soldiers. Eldridge Hawkins, Jr., former mayor of Orange, New Jersey, former police officer and owner of Black Belt Security and Investigations. Chris Gadsden, vice principal of Abraham Lincoln High School in Jersey City. And on the phone, Gregory A. Thomas. He is a leading expert in school safety, CEO of Allen Thomas Security. And earlier we heard from State Senator Malcolm Smith and Gregory Floyd from the School Safety Officers Union. I want to thank you all very, very much for being with us on this episode of Street Soldiers. Next next Sunday at 9, we're going to be talking about the effect reality TV shows and the bad behavior that's now become popular is having on women, especially our young girls who are now coming into the criminal justice system at a much higher rate than ever before. That's what law enforcement's telling me and also what prosecutors are telling me. So if you find, if you have been affected, if you find your behavior has gotten worse because of what you've watched on TV, give us a call on our hotline, 212-367-1678. That's 212-367-1678. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Lisa Evers. Send me an email, lisa at hot97.com. That's lisa at hot97.com. 
hot97.com. And I want to thank our whole crew here at Hot 97, our Vice President for Programming, Ebro, our Assistant Program Director, Carly Hustle, Marketing Director, Denisha Benjamin, our Digital Guide, Jeffrey Thacker, and my whole crew here, Executive Producer, Tone Capone, Associate Producer, Joe Connor, Production Supervisor, Andrew Veras, Production Assistant, Angelique Tyree, and our Board Op, the one and only TJ. And of course, check me out on the Fox 5 News tonight at 6 and, oh no, 6 because of football, at 10 o'clock <laughs> and during the week at 5, 6, and 10. And uh, follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers. Have a great week, everybody. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Push for peace. The Cypress Sounds and Rosenberg Show present $1,000 Thursdays. What we doing? Getting money. Every Thursday at 9 a.m., make sure you listen to the Throwback Thursday mix. Be the 97th caller to name four songs. And win 1000 bucks, courtesy of Birdman. You know you got $1,000, right? Ah, I can't believe it. $1,000 Thursdays. Made hot by Young Money Cash Money Records. Love that chicken from Popeye.